You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. You got the touch. You got the podcast. That's right, Autobots, Decepticons, we make no never mind. You're all welcome to listen to this return, triumphant return of the revisited, 80s revisited podcast. A lot of R's in there, trying to have some alliteration yeah. going into it. It's been so long. Ah, semblance, semblance. Shake off yeah. the, uh, shake off the rust. The rust. Oh. <coughs> That's how appropriate if I was shaking off rust as if I were a transformer. Right. <laughs> I wonder if they. I could see that now in the movie. Why is it? Oh, actually, why isn't that not in a Michael Bay film? Huh, shake off the rust, Autobots. Because <laughs> he's not that clever of a writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright eighties revisited. Jesse Sedgley, yeah. two thousand sixteen. On that joke. But welcome back, everybody. We're glad to be here. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my own personal Starscream, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. I say Starscream because, you know, he's, yeah. he's always there plotting to overthrow me. Well, I wasn't going to scream. That, that wouldn't matter because, I mean, it's all your stuff anyway. So you could just say, get out. And yeah. You're, you're technically Megatron. I'm more like Starscream in this relationship, I guess. There you go. But Transformers the movie, August 8th, 1986. IMDb gives it a 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 55%. Audience, however, 88%. Right off the vine, fresh. Mm. Budget was estimated at $6 million, Opened at $1.7. Domestically went on the gross only 5.8. So did not make its money back. There was no Transformers 2. Instead, we were cursed with the live-action Michael Bay movies to come. Mm. 20 year, 25 years later. Uh, it was directed by Nelson Shin. He pretty much mainly produced... Uh, he produced the cartoon of Transformers, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friend, The Incredible Hulk, uh, some of the Simpsons episodes eventually. Uh, it was written by Ron Friedman. He also did, wrote G.I. Joe the movie, as well as episodes of the show. He also wrote uh, episodes of Bionic 6, Fantastic Four, and Iron Man, those more the uh, 90s ones that kind of came out near the end of like the runs of Spider-Man and Batman at the end of that kind of cartoon comic book craze, those versions are the ones that he was involved in. But starring, if you, you know, it's kind of weird to say starring when it's voice actors, you know? Right. Like, well, it's they, a lot of work. It is, it is. <laughs> Not discounting that, you know, it's like, to me it's like starring Optimus Prime, who is, right. happens to be voiced by right. Peter, uh, Peter Cullen is the voice of Optimus Prime, has been since the dawn of time, is still in the current movies including the new one that takes place in medieval Europe for some reason. I don't know. It sounds pretty <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, but, of course, <clears throat> he's uh, Peter Cullen, along with uh, the voice of Megatron, we'll get to in just one second. In almost any cartoon you've seen, you've heard Peter Cullen speak. He was also several character in, characters in G.I. Joe, Voltron, Rainbow Bright even, tons of other things, along with uh, his friend and uh, eternal opponent, Megatron, Voiced by Frank Welker. He also did Soundwave in this film. He did voices for Aladdin. He was the voice of Grim, uh, Stripe and Gremlins. Uh, also Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget. Uh, mm-hmm. Numerous voices in G.I. Joe and Centurions. 
him, Welker and Cullen have, if you've seen an animated movie from the 80s or a cartoon from the 80s or even into the 90s, even up till today, they're still working. You've heard their voices. You wouldn't recognize them on the street unless they talked to you and, you know, as Optimus Prime or Megatron even. Hmm. Uh, you know, so it's, 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 kind of, it's, it's the same kind of an anonymity that Kiss had for the longest time. One of the reasons they wore the makeup. Uh, like they take off the makeup or before they put the makeup on for a concert, they go walk through the crowd like, hey, what's up? You're here to see Kiss? Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think of that Paul Stanley guy, huh? <laughs> oh, I don't like him. I'm like, Gene, well, fuck you, buddy. I think they're recognizable uh, now. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wait, now, yeah. But back yeah. in the day, they would like before, before and after the concert, after they take yeah. off the makeup up and just go hang out and you know, nobody funny. knew. They're having a, a beer with Kiss sitting over there yeah. and they just saw him loud and talk about how awesome the concert is. So you know, voice actors like uh, Wilker and Cullen are afforded that same luxury. Not so much some of the, their co-stars, such as Judd Nelson, who was the voice of Hot Rod, strangely enough. Bender from The Breakfast Club is, hot, <laughs> is the savior, the second coming of Optimus Prime. Uh, Rodimus Prime. Uh, but of mm. course, Breakfast Club, he was in Suddenly Susan, got to make out with uh, Brooke Shields a lot, you lucky bastard. Uh, and sorry to say, the late, great Leonard Nimoy was Galvatron, obviously Spock. Uh, and also uh, Spock and Spock mm-hmm. again, uh, and also a singer with the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. If you haven't heard that, uh, give that a listen on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, also, actually, strangely enough, uh, just watch, there's a documentary that his son just put out called "For the Love of Spock." It's it's a it's decent. You know, it's not like one of those. It was more like gushing about him about his father. It wasn't a bad documentary. It was you know still sad. It was an interesting retrospective on Leonard Nimoy's life and what he did before Star Trek and everything. Uh, but you know, that just came out. It's interesting. If you're a Star Trek fan, I guess you'll like it, but it's not like a fantastic documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Robert Stack as Ultra Magnus. Uh, of course, he was the creepy guy that told you about all these unsolved mysteries <laughs> on Unsolved Mysteries that would send you to bed terrified that there's these killers still <laughs> out there and it's unsolved and this terrifying man with his haunting voice is telling you all about it. Uh, also, uh, uh, I think Robert Stack's dead, huh? Go yeah, he's dead. yeah, he's dead. Um, pretty, yeah, 2003, 84. Uh, but also the late great Orson Welles as well. Yes, that's right. Citizen Kane himself was in Transformers the movie as Unicron. Uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, tons of radio. I mean, Orson Welles in his prime was arguably is still is probably one of the most influential uh, people in the film industry and radio even at the mm. time. I mean, it's rare to have somebody revolutionize two industries like he did. But I mean, go back to War of the Worlds. Uh, the radio broadcast, which is still amazing when, and just just fantastic to listen to even today and to then to understand what that caused. And then, I mean, just go, if you, a lot of people don't watch old movies, especially people, you know, kind of right after our generation, they just tend like, they, you know, they've never seen Gone with the Wind or uh, Wizard of Oz even. A lot of people haven't seen Citizen Kane. Go watch Citizen Kane if you haven't seen it. That movie was made in like the 30s or the 40s. I don't remember exactly the date it was made, but look how it's done and it, it looks like it was made yesterday it's shot so well and then then stop to think that this was made at the dawn of cinema this is the film that inspired steven spielberg and countless other directors and it, when when orson Welles wanted a low angle camera shot they basically took out sledgehammers and broke the floor to get the camera low enough to shoot up at the angle he wanted like yeah. and that was unheard of it was like nope you're going to camera you got this shot this angle and that's it we're just making a picture here we don't need all this stuff orson what are you doing i'm trying to make art and he did so you haven't seen Citizen Kane, it's a, it is a fantastic film that when you watch it and then remember how long ago it was made and then compared to other things of the era, it revolutionized film 
and it's still influencing people today. Uh, I, I honestly didn't watch it till I was in college, and like oh, everybody's like everything I've read, you know, when when you get to that age where you're researching, like you know Spielberg and you know Kubrick and you know, when you're actually investing yourself in the history of everything and how everything kind of comes together, and it's like, God, I need to see this. And I was just like, damn, this movie's phenomenal, and it was made wow. so long ago. Uh, so, yeah, it holds up. But anyway, we're talking. This, hmm. this, this isn't 1940s revisited. It's 80s revisited, see? Uh, but anyway, uh, Scat, a veteran of the podcast, Scatman Crothers was jazz. Of course, he was the one talking about The Shining and The Shining. Uh, and strangely enough, it was both him and Orson Welles' final film was both uh both for both of them was this film Transformers the movie in 1986 it's a killer <laughs> <laughs> well if, if one other person died if it was one other person's last film would be like cursed but right. it's only two it was only two it doesn't quite get that uh that label put upon it and uh, also uh, Eric Idle was Rec Gar of course Eric Idle Monty Python every Monty Python film and countless other Comedies, very funny British gentleman, uh, Ventures Baron Munchausen as well, and let's not forget Casey Kasem as Cliff Jumper. Uh, of course, radio and the episode Saved by the Bell, where he came to Bayside to host and ended up uh, hosting, I think, the dance off and Screech and Lisa one doing the sprain because mm. Lisa twisted her ankle and blamed Screech, but no, he created a whole new dance for her and saved the day and still got no appreciation, not even a kiss on the cheek because mm. that Lisa Turtle was a bitch. But now, still is well. You know, if you look at their actual lives, she did make the right choice because she became a total delinquent. Oh, she did? Screech. No, I mean, in terms oh, yeah, of like yeah, their yeah, personal yeah. lives. Screech, like, oh Dustin God. Diamond's a hell of a guy. <laughs> uh, so she did kind of make the right decision, but in the show, it was like, ah, this dude does everything for this girl and can't even, like, catch a single break. And it tore him up. Yeah. <laughs> look what it did to him because of what she did, you know? Screw turned that nice, that nice guy who cared about his mother's Elvis statue so much into this, you know, stabbing people in bars. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty crazy. Uh, Two-sentence synopsis for Transformers the movie. Good land robots fight mean flying robots on Earth and space for the all-spark. Bender has a touch and saves everybody. There you go. Hmm. So, we briefly talked about Transformers the movie last week. When we were talking, or <laughs> the last episode. Yeah. Because, uh, of course, you know, we had a flood down here in Baton Rouge. If anybody's wondering, like, where's my latest episode of 80s Revisited? Yeah, uh, basically, you know, the uh, biblical flood happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily, Jesse built an ark. Everybody said he was crazy, but we all sheltered in that and survived. So yeah, but you know, it took a while for the waters to recede, and you know, and I'm housing a lot of people now. Yeah, refugees, Jesse, please, yes. refugees. <laughs> These are people too. But uh, thankfully, uh, you know, some of our friends did lose some stuff in that, but everybody was safe and accounted for. So you know, one day at a time down here. And in... what's new in Baton Rouge, bro? Yeah, <laughs> race, we'll racial tension, biblical yeah. floods. What's next? Meteors. No, nah, it'll be back to the whole yeah. cop thing. Yeah, it'll be yeah. Some some other stupid things gonna happen down here in the Sitha. But anyway, Transformers movie. Like we talk about, uh, one of the most disturbing moments, traumatizing moments in '80s children's movie history. Optimus Prime passes away. Yep. Uh, while revisiting this for the podcast as well, just like still every time, I was like, damn. Like I, it takes me back every time I watch it to when I was a kid, and just thinking like, he can't be dead. <laughs> that's that's not how it works. It, not, it doesn't work like this. He's got to be alive. Nah, blah. Not till, uh, I think it was the second season of the show. Our good friend Randall is a Transformers expert. They could tell me the episode that it happened yeah. and the name of the episode and everything. But uh, yeah, uh, a lot of death in this film for a kid's movie. <laughs> but uh, this was one, I, don't, I honestly don't know if I saw it in the theater, but I do remember watching it a lot as a kid on video. 
Uh, it would have been right around the time period where I was at that age where we went to the movies a lot. Because, again, we didn't have Netflix. We didn't even have video for a while, you know, 86. Uh, I don't think we had a VCR in our house for another couple years. My grandma had one, strangely enough. So we'd always end up renting movies and have to go over to my grandma's to watch them over there for a few years till finally my parents invested in a VHS player. Uh, maybe been earlier than 86, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, uh, this was one. All, first of all, I always loved the movie just for the damn cover art as a kid. It's like, oh, like, you know, mm. so awesome. I just want to watch it again. And then... Uh, they had a yeah. bunch of covers. <laughs> What's the main... The original art is like the one where they're all kind of shooting up in the air, like, uh, you know, like okay. a, a is, uh, Arabic celebration. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of, not Arabs, but uh, the fact that, uh, also, if you haven't seen Transformers the movie in a while, I believe they literally in the past couple weeks released like an updated 4K Blu-ray version of it. Uh, that's not the version I watched, unfortunately, because I watched it long before we were ready to do an episode and then a flood happened and all that kind of stuff. So it's been a while since I've seen it, a few uh, weeks actually, but from what I've heard, the reviews of it are like, it's a fun, it's the best the film's ever looked. Hmm. Uh, and it's a good transfer, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So if you haven't seen it, and you want to check it out, or you're like, oh, I need to pick that up. Yes, get the new version. It's the best out there, supposedly, from what I've heard. But anyway, yeah, this was a film that just really, again, it was it was hard to watch. It was like The Neverending Story. Loved it to death, but again, watching Optimus Prime die. Just like watching Artex slowly sink. And you know, the, the benefit of The Neverending Story is at the end, oh, yeah, everything's fine. He wished everything back. You know, so Artex is still alive, roaming the plains with the Treyu. Mm. Transformers a movie? Nah, bro. Uh, let's see. Uh, Optimus is dead. Hold on, I have a whole little rest in peace list here. Uh, Optimus Prime, Ironhide, Ratchet, Prowl, Brawn, Wheeljack, Windcharger, Megatron, Starscream, Skywarp, Thundercracker, Shrapnel, Kickback, and Bombshell. Dead. Dead. And the thing is, this takes place... Now, Transformers the movie, here's the thing. It came out after the first season of the cartoon and there was a second season of the cartoon so that's when Prime came back mm. but the thing the, the, the thing is is that the film itself takes place 20 years after the end of the second season so if you, get what I'm, if you understand what I'm getting at Optimus Prime doesn't come back he's still dead because this took place 20 years after the second season so Although oh, so we chrono that. chronologically, as you're wa as you're growing up with it, oh, he's back! Yay, yay! Nah, hey, bro, that's just watching that's, history films. Yeah, he was on vacation or something. Yeah, <laughs> the historical record to put Galaxy Quest. Uh, so yeah, uh, and it's, strangely enough, Transformers the movie took place in 2005. So, 11 years after, you know, his loss is still felt. Prime, well, he, I guess he did return in the Michael Bay verse. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's keep it on target here. It's a different verse. But uh, I will say, this was the first time Autumn ever watched this, as we were watching it together, mm. and her birthday was yesterday. I'll tell you when we're recording this on the... Wait, what is today? That's the 15th. Yeah, her birthday was yesterday. But as we were watching this, she's Grimlock comes in and like, me, Grimlock! Blah, blah. Loved, I was a kid, always loved the Dinobots. But uh, he said, I forget the line, because again, pardon me, it's been so long, but she's like, I think I'm like joking. Like He, he was saying, he, assured, he said something, he couldn't reach something or something. And we always always joke with Autumn how because she, she's she's short in stature, uh -huh. but you know she's like her like we always joke her spirit animal is a T Rex because she has, she's always like hey me that I have short arms yeah so I pick on her about being a T Rex because she has short arms so she's like oh she's like I think I'm Grimlock so for her birthday my friend Randall gave me one of his vintage Grimlocks for her <laughs> to put on her desk and then That's of course 
of course, you know, I'm that type of guy. I remember, oh, baby, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, she's going to remember she said this. She's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so then I had to explain the depths of my, you know, thoughtfulness for this gift Jeez. for her. Typical. It's just typical. <laughs> so typical in our, my, my relationship. Gets a vintage Grimlock, and it's like, what is this? What is That's this? That's like a $50 eBay item right Even there. I just saw it and made a reference to it. Well, of course, once I mentioned, oh, oh, yeah, I know who it is now. I didn't see the little Autobot sticker on the top. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah, that did it. Yeah, not the, uh-huh. not yeah, not the explanation, the Autobot sticker. She does know what that is, but I didn't buy that. But, yeah, uh, and it's funny, the, uh, one, the only good part in the second live-action Transformers movie is when Optimus dies, which, of course, in that film, he comes back in the end anyway. But that part, like, brought, like, I remember watching that in the theater and just be like, damn, like, it made me think of the cartoon when it happened. But obviously, you know, apples and oranges, because the Transformers, the movie, the cartoon, is still the best Transformer movie that there is, bar none. But mm. in any of the Michael Bay stuff, and what I really, as a kid, you don't really kind of know it, cause, or appreciate it as much when you're six years old watching it. Uh, but when you're an adult, I mean, you know, of course, you as a kid you realize the gravity of Optimus Prime dying and then crumbling to dust in front of you, and like he's not coming back. You know that that kind of overshadows the movie. And as an adult, you're watching. Okay, okay, that one's dead. As I read the I read the casualty list. I mean, like that's dead. Like Starscream's disintegrated. <laughs> Megatron's dead. Like everybody's dead. Like this is a cartoon. You know, up until this point, I mean, I can only think of Bambi's mom. Until this, until this, you know, watching this cartoon as a kid and be like, everybody's dead. But as an adult, like, I mean, uh, for, they say shit in this movie. Uh, I mean, again, it's violent in terms of, you know, you watch G.I. Watch Joe, the movie, by comparison. There's a line in the G.I. Joe movie, like, you know, you think Duke's dead, but then, oh, like, there's like a, what, the equivalent of a live-action film, you know, that little throwaway off-camera line, oh, he's in a coma, happens right. in G.I. Joe, the movie, because they didn't want to kill off Duke because people were upset about Optimus Prime being dead so much. <laughs> Because kids couldn't, you know, like me, like... I couldn't cope. This sucks, he's dead, you know, like, he's dead, you know? And then they, they made a smart move bringing him back in the, in the show. You gotta watch that Goldbergs episode. I need to. <laughs> like, and I can't find it on Torrance. Uh, Is it on Hulu? You mean... Uh, I'm in Hulu. Did I say Torrance? I'm in Hulu. You meant at the video store. Yeah. Um, it's on Hulu. Okay, good, because my parents... When my mom was in, we were talking about this off-camera, off-mic. <laughs> uh, she gave me her Hulu password, so... There you now, go. She's got Hulu, and now I, I have got Hulu. got all seasons on there. Good. I'll be able to... Yeah, unfortunately, I'm like, she got the one with commercials. I'm like, Mom, just pay two more dollars. <laughs> you'll say, like, that two dollars... Give her I'm, 20 bucks and be like, that'll, that, that's good for the year. Actually, her birthday's <laughs> coming up. I'm going to send her a $20 bill and say, upgrade your Hulu for the year, and then I'll send <laughs> her... Yeah, the password. Her now gift. you can do it. That's true. Hey, I just took the liberty of... <laughs> Upgrading. upgrading it for you. I think it's like four extra dollars a month. But still, if, if you watch a lot of so. it, you're, save, you're saving yourself you a couple of minutes back, each. Too. You're saving yourself time each time, you know, because that's the thing. You can, yeah, it might take you an hour. Let's say you make minimum wage. In one hour, you make $7.25 minimum wage. And that's the cost of two months of no commercials. And you watch Hulu every night. That's, you know, over the course of a week, that's a couple hours maybe. I mean, an hour, let's say it's an hour. Yeah. Or even 30 minutes. That means over the course of a year, you can either spend that one, or the course of a month, you can spend that one hour, so to speak, upgrading your Hulu subscription, or you can watch commercials. This is Mad Money with Trey Harris. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, uh, I can't forget, I know, you're, I know what you're referencing, but I can't, I've never seen it. I've just seen well, him like beat stuff up on camera. Yeah, and, they talk like, about I'm stocks, not, but you're talking about just saving money. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I do commercial free because I can't stand it. I can't. Uh, I, I, got to, I think I might have told the story on the podcast. We got Hulu originally 
when we were at our old house that oh, flooded yeah, in the flood. Yeah, yeah. After the f- one episode, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. I've seen this same commercial four times. That's Once was twice in a row. Yeah. Like, immediately, like, log, you know, did it, set it up on Xbox, on PlayStation. We got Hulu now, but yay, let's watch this. Before the day's over, cancel. <laughs> Why did you cancel? Because of commercials. This was before the commercial free option. Sure. Because it was you know, a couple years ago. And then I'm like, oh, well, you cancel. Well, so how about we just give you a free month anyway? Like, sure, but I'm still can't Like, <laughs> yeah. do not charge my credit card. Yeah. You know, which they didn't. So it was like, now it's commercial free, which where it should always be because I understand the free, I understand the free model. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, uh, that, but like, honestly, you shouldn't have to pay anything if you're going to put commercials in it. Yeah. Period. That's just like watching it anywhere. Yeah. I but I'm, I'm, I don't make money from Hulu, so I, I can't say. <laughs> but anyway, Transformers movie. Uh, but I will watch the go. Now that I have confirmation it's on Hulu. Um, we'll, on what is that? How many seasons of that show are there? Two, three. three? Is it was it last season or? or I guess it, does Hulu have descriptions of like the oh, yeah, episodes? Yeah. Okay, yeah. again, I'm not familiar. I watched it one one show on Hulu and that was it. So I'm not fluent with in Hulu speak. Mm. But anyway, uh, Jesse, have you? I mean, you've seen Transformers the movie, I would assume, or uh, incorrect. So I, whoa! I did not see it. I've been busy. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as a kid, you never saw it either, though. Yeah, I never saw it as a kid. Okay. Either. I mean, were, were Transformers one of the toys that you collected or anything? Or? No, I was poor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I only the only toys I can get are the ones I bought myself. Well, and, and I only I I only had a total of maybe three Transformers. Like, period. I had sound not oh, I had Shockwave, one of the jets, and some vehicle. I don't even remember the other one I had. It might have been it was more a van. Like, it might have been Ironhide. But uh, yeah, I don't have many of them either because you know, hmm, you can get one Transformer or three GI Joes or two <laughs> He-Man, like uh, you know, law of averages. Yeah. Uh, you know, so Transformers knew them, loved who, loved the loved the cartoon, but never were something that I had. I remember I, I had that stereotypical. What's well, kind of like a joke nowadays, to where like my grandmother, like here's a Transformer, open it up as a fucking GoBot. Mm. You know, the cheap uh, Transformers, yeah, yeah. the 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 ones you didn't want to get. And it broke, like, immediately broke it by accident. Like, honestly, by accident. Is that season two, episode 11, I guess, where he's wearing an Optimus Prime helmet? Oh, yeah, that's the one. That's okay. the one. <laughs> Easy to find. I will watch that when I get home. Yep. <laughs> before I take my wife out for a birthday dinner. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so, uh, but if you haven't seen it in a long time, I think, as a, far as a cartoon goes, I mean, it's it's an 80s cartoon yeah. movie. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's good. It's, you know, uh <laughs> <laughs> That's still framed. Yeah. It's very inappropriate looking. <laughs> no, Prime, what are you doing? <laughs> From our intro. One music. shall rise and one shall <laughs> fap. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, just, you just, it's just funny looking. You just Prime's about to go down in the bad way. <laughs> the, the bad, bad way. But anyway, yeah, if you haven't seen Transformers movie in a long time or you remember it from a kid, uh, well worth revisiting. Uh, still holds up. Still great. The music is still amazing in it. Stan Bush with all of his songs from it, as well as uh, even some Weird Al thrown in there. That one, even though it's Dare to Be Stupid, which has never been one of my favorite Weird Al <laughs> songs, but it's in there nonetheless. And again, you got some fantastic voice talent here, uh, with uh, especially you know, I mean, Nimoy, Stack, Orson Welles, Scatman Crothers, Casey Kasem, all unique voices. Mm. And strangely enough, all of them are gone. Yeah. So. uh you know, uh, those distinct voices, you know, when you think of, like, uh, just voices that you'd recognize anywhere, those are definitely some of them. Uh, but anyways, on to some of the trivia. Like I mentioned before, film takes place 20 years after the end of the Transformers cartoon, uh, the second season, so it takes place in 20, uh, 2005. However, 
they really didn't know that when they were writing the second season. <laughs> Although I'm sure there's again, I'm I watched the cartoon, but I haven't rewatched the cartoon. I watched a few episodes as an adult, so you know there might be somebody there who's a Transformer super fan, like, oh, he's so wrong on this. Please let me know, educate me, send me a scathing email, asiavisit@gmail.com. Uh, but anyway, uh, like I mentioned before, also it was Orson Welles and Scatman Crothers' final film. Orson Welles passed away on October 10th, 1985, at the age of 70. Uh, Scatman passed away on November 22nd, 1986, at the age of 76. Uh, dearly missed both of them. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, oh, here we go. We're talking about the, we were looking at, or me and you were talking off air, Jesse, about a different band other than Stan Bush. Right. Uh, this is some uh, stuff on that. Uh, the band who sings the songs on the soundtrack called Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way and Hunger are listed in the soundtrack credits as Spectre General, but the band's name's actually Kick Axe, A-X-E. When the soundtrack was being assembled, they thought the name Kick Axe sounded too threatening, and also it's kind of a double entendre for Kick Ass. Hmm, excuse me. So they listed them as Spectre General, which is actually kind of a cooler name, I think. Mm. Uh, We're kick- just going to rename your band. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the band was not notified about the change. So they were like, wait a second, that's our song. Who's the fuck is Spectre General? I don't know. I don't know, Bill. It's a cool name. Maybe we should just take it. <laughs> yeah, just stick to it. But uh, in season one and two of the series, Megatron's first shot in gun mode always missed every Autobot. However, Starscream using him in this film to kill Braun in the beginning marks the first and only time that his first shot actually hits an Autobot. And also, every shot also hits its target in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened in the cartoon. It always like they'd always dodge or something. Uh, one of the early scripts included a dragon-based Autobot combiner that would have fought Devastator. Uh, in the finished story, we never get to see just what led to Devastator's defeat. Uh, and it's funny because I remember, as uh, even as a kid, and as wa- watching this recently too, like that should have been with the Dinobots. It should have been revealed the Dinobots would join together to make like a big dragon thing. You know, dino- four dinosaurs. There's four construction. No, there's five. Five in Devastator, I think. Again, not the not a Transformers expert, right? But you know, I know a, a decent amount. Uh, so, yeah, I guess maybe since there wasn't... Wait, no, there's the Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Grimlock, and the Bron... Okay, yeah, there's four Dinobots, unless I'm, I'm pretty sure there's only four. So, yeah, they couldn't be a combiner. Well, they could be a different type of combiner to where they don't need, you know, one for the arm, each arm, one for each <laughs> leg, and then a body. Just one missing an arm. We're just spitballing here. Yeah, I mean, dragons... Some dragons <laughs> just have wings. Doesn't need you know? a head. Yeah. Who cares? It could just be Grimlock's head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, they, you know, they just, com- you know... They, you know, they could have, they could have done it. Is all I'm getting at, and that would have been badass. And they, they also were marketing genius to Jesse. Then they could re-release the Dinobot toys as combiners, and they just double their money. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. We need to go back in time and rectify the situation. Oh, they all do that now. They all like, uh, what is it like the nowadays the toys like uh, Marvel Legends toys? They uh, oh, all come with a piece. Yeah, they come with a piece of Juggernaut. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like I just want the Juggernaut figure because it's. That looks you gotta badass. Buy all I know, the that's to the get trick. Because yeah. I, I remember the first time I ever saw that was with the Metal Gear Solid series two figures from McFarlane. Each figure came with a piece of Metal Gear Ray. Mm-hmm. So you could, of course, it was not to scale. So I mean, it was like you know the size of a dog next to the figures, but yeah. it was still cool. Like I mean, and I bought every one of them to have a little Metal Gear Ray toy. But anyway, <laughs> the same principle. But the ones like like you're saying that I've seen now, like the figure that you would actually make. Is like huge, like oh. it's it, it's cool. Like the Juggernaut head was just like as you know, you're getting a piece in each package practically. So I mean, you're getting, you know, hmm. it's pretty awesome. I think. Uh, wish I had the room to play with toys in my one bedroom apartment. 
but it's keeping me from you know it's it's from, saving yeah me a lot of uh money when you know friends will get them on to go do that or buy like our you know our friends that have kids hey i bought your kid a toy hey let's go play with it get my fix in there uh, although a toy was not released until 2003, an action figure of Unicron was designed, but the prototype had flimsy arms and a faulty voice chip and was scrapped. And my friend Randall actually has Unicron. Like, I think he paid like $400 for it or something, because he, he collects the toys. And the Grimlock he gave me was like, he had an extra one. Hmm. Thankfully, you know, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, just take it, I don't need it. I got like, an, I got like four of them. Like, <laughs> sweet, hey, appreciate it, bro. Uh, of course, I'll tell him that she loved it and you know, told me to tell him thank you. Oh, if he doesn't listen to this. He doesn't. <laughs> Okay. Neither does Autumn, so. <laughs> Even though she was on it. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Sp- oh, okay, yeah, I mentioned this earlier. Spike originally said, oh, shit, what are we going to do now in the, in the theatrical release when he and Bumblebee realized that blowing up the moon didn't affect Unicron? Uh, oh, shit, have been put in the theatrical release to guarantee a PG rating as G-rated movies cannot be played as often during the day as PG, PG-13, or R-rated movies back then. However, the line had been taken out of every VHS release until the re-release in 2000, and it's been restored ever since then. Mm. So if you get a version that's... The figure she got, that's, it's blue. It was like a different edition one. Not that they can see, see this it. on the podcast, but I can at least know. No, that's that's like it. a more modern one. But like, I was trying to like transform... Just like when I was a kid, I was like... As, as he, when he gave it to me, I was trying to transform him and had to stop because, <laughs> okay, I yeah. don't know what to do now. <laughs> Which is another reason why I didn't have too many Transformers because I could never... You know, I, I transform him once... And then I couldn't transform them back. A lot of them. He probably just faded. <laughs> probably. Because I'm not seeing any. But like where he was gray, like the original is where it's gray, he's blue. Like a, a royal blue. Oh, weird. So it was some version of it. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the original package one. It was like that blue is the bottom one that we're looking at. This one? That's Power Rangers. I mean, that color blue, but it was yeah, Grimlock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the negatives. This is. I thought this was really interesting. The negatives for the matted widescreen version of the film were either destroyed or lost. And for a time, the only uh, only the VHS full screen version of the movie was the only version they had. Period oh, of this geez. film, which also means the uh, the recent Blu-ray release must be like I would like to see like when I, like how the re- restoration process yeah. as to what they did. But also get this. Uh, a North Carolina school of filmmaking in Winston-Salem carries a print of the movie assembled from different reels of other prints of the movie found in its archives. The piece together print is in good condition and should be noted that this widescreen version of the movie was achieved, however, by matting down the original full screen. So you're actually getting less picture just to have the boxes, the letter screen, the uh, letterbox. Yeah. So you're getting the aspect ratio, but you're actually, as opposed to where when they do full frame normally and you're missing footage on the sides because of cutting out widescreen, you're actually missing footage at the top and bottom on Transformers hmm. to make it widescreen. But I'm not sure if this has changed since the new release or they found something or whatever. Just and I didn't it think four to. by three. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, you know, I wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leonard Nimoy is related by marriage to Michael Bay, the director, of course, of the live action Transformers. So there's a Six degrees of Leonard Nimoy. Mm. Uh, actually, one degree of Leonard Nimoy <laughs> connection yeah. uh, to tie this original Transformers to Michael Bay. I bet, I bet that son of a bitch used it. Like, hey, I should direct this movie because, hey, I'm related to Leonard Nimoy. He was in the original. Maybe I can get Leonard to come do something. You never did. <laughs> nope. Good, good, part on, good idea on Nimoy's part. <laughs> but uh, in the Marvel Comics adaptation of the movie, Autobot City is referred to as Fortress Maximus, which is what I always thought it was. 
because that's what the toy was named. Uh, but the character in the toy for Fortress Maximus would not be introduced until nearly a year after the film's release. So you've been watching it this time. It's like, oh, hell yeah, Fortress Maximus. Well, he wasn't even called that till a year later. Hmm. And that was, that was, I remember the, the toy, like that toy, they, had, they actually had the toy, the base, the actual base that transformed into a freaking robot. And that was like, you know, that was, that was like the Transformers version of the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier or, you know, uh, Eternia playset for He-Man. That was like the grail to hmm. have like that toy, an entire base that turned into a fucking robot. Hmm. Pretty amazing. And till, still to this day, still pretty fucking cool. Uh, we kind of touched on this earlier. Uh, the movie was being produced this, by, by the same company at the same time as G.I. Joe the movie in 87. Uh, it had been agreed that both movies would suffer the loss of the lead heroes Optimus Prime and Duke, respectively. However, production had begun on G.I. Joe first and was thus expected to be released first. However, during the production of both movies, G.I. Joe was held up while Transformers finished. So the release dates were changed for Transformers to go to theatrical release first. And after Optimus Prime's death sparked some controversy, the writers on the G.I. Joe film changed Duke's death to a coma... Uh, and uh, also should be noted too the G.I. Joe movie never went to theaters straight to video mm. because this one didn't do too well at the theater so they saved some money by creating you know, the print costs and everything for the reels and just released it direct to video uh, had G.I. Joe released first however Optimus might have, might have survived because of the same issue like oh Duke's uh, dead you can't do that and then they might have changed Transformers they killed so many I know they'd have to they'd have to redo the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of fortuitous that it turned out that way. Uh, and also, it should be noted, Hot Rod, or, you know, as eventually became this film, Rodimus Prime, will appear in 2017's live-action Transformers last night as a Lamborghini. He's described as Bumblebee's brother-in-arms. Uh, so I am interested in seeing what he looks like in the film, but that's about as far as it goes. Because <laughs> this franchise is, like, they need, they need somebody else to, to do something on this franchise. Hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, I think we talked about Transformers. There's speak, there's speak of the devil, Marky <laughs> yeah. Mark, right there. But yeah, uh, going back, uh, revisiting this film, as we tend to do on this podcast, as is the very point it of is. it. Oh, that is? Oop, went back too far. Um, he looks like he, every other one. He looks like, <laughs> he even has less of a color scheme to like differ, differentiate like his part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Like what's what? He, he looks like a generic robot enemy from... Deus Ex or Halo or something. Like nothing. Yep, it looks pretty generic. Yeah. Oh well. Height 16 feet, one inch. <laughs> like there's not even enough. Like obviously he's going to be a red Lamborghini. But yeah. and here's the thing like Hot Rod had like the flames on the side of his car. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Optimus Prime didn't. But in the movies, Optimus Prime has flames on the side of him and they take <laughs> off Hot Rods. That was kind of the point. Like Hot Rod, <laughs> you know, he had the flames on the side. Yeah. Like. Come on, production designer. Like, have some, like, think. <laughs> God. Whatever. Nope. Stupid! <laughs> but anyway, uh, revisiting this film, uh, I personally think Transformers movie still holds up. It's still a fun movie to watch. It ta- it's one of those films that are, are, in a sense, timeless, and it takes me right back to being a kid watching it when I watch it. And for that, I would say it's... Just, honestly, it's probably the best animated film from the 80s to mm. me, uh, just because of the impact it had... Uh, and you know it, this was and again and the fact that it, it, it didn't underestimate the maturity of its audience uh, so I would give it a 9 still to this day still great well I forgot about Studio Ghibli stuff uh, <laughs> so uh, let's just say it's the best one that we've reviewed on the podcast until we 
thought we go over some Studio Ghibli stuff. It's the best animated children's movie of the 80s. Put it to you that way. Because Fist of the North Star is not for kids. Mm. <laughs> Neither is Akira. And Studio Ghibli, some of their stuff, I wouldn't show some kids. Because <laughs> it's nightmare-inducing. Some of it. Some of that imagery. But anyway, in the real world, Transformers movie released on August 8, 1986. On, speaking of... Wow. Serendipity. Speaking of Studio Ghibli, on August 2nd of that same year, the first film produced by them, Castle in the Sky, uh, directed by uh, Miyazaki, was released in Japan. So that was the birth of hmm. the... For those of you who don't know who Studio Ghibli is, they're basically the Japanese Disney. Uh, uh, you're familiar with some of their stuff, aren't you, Jesse? Because you dressed... One of your Halloween costumes was... Uh, yeah. I forget what they're called. But, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that was was that that was from uh, which one was that was that from which one oh, oh was um, it Spirited Away uh, I get yeah, I get all those no confused face. yeah I get those con- like which one was yeah it was Spirited Away Spirited Away yeah yeah so uh, if you know who that is Jesse had a one best costume for it <laughs> his first one I think that was the first year you won best costume uh, I won funniest the year before so. oh that's right okay oh yeah okay yeah you won funniest for Dark Helmet another eighties movie should have won that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you won best for that one. So yeah. Yep. Which was best highly and impressive. Scary yeah, too. you won. Yeah. And then your wife followed last year winning best and scariest as well with her uh the weeping angels from Doctor Who. Mm. And people were terrified of her. And as you. <laughs> the the funniest thing about that that costume was like I didn't like I'd talk to you but I would stare at the face. Yeah, you know, like it's, you know, it, it's like a, it's the same thing they did with Jar Jar Binks. Like he wore yeah. like something over his eyes, so when you were acting with it, you didn't stare at his eyes; you stared at the yeah. creature's eyes. So, but uh, Jesse's it had a, it was a full helmet, wasn't it? To where like yeah, raised it, it and helmet. lowered the head and everything. It was I used like one of those extended uh, lamp things to hold the face intact, so I was about eight foot tall, but I could bring my head down. Yeah, um, it was like a full wooden painted face, wasn't it? I mean, it was. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, it, it was, was a, a. It was an awesome costume. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, <laughs> Set, and then that that and you know it's hard to store, so I got rid of it. <laughs> the bar was raised yeah. thanks to Jesse. Yeah, I think I'll raise it too high. Yeah. No, one, no one's <laughs> been able to catch up. Not with that technical. I mean, you're definitely the most technical among us in terms of you know creative cre- creative technicality. Yeah. So, but nevertheless, uh, back to the future this week. It's been a while. It's been a long time, obviously, since you guys have heard my voice, me and Jesse's voice, and since we've talked about stuff. So I've seen quite a lot since then. So uh, first thing, some of the movies that recently came out on digital. Uh, watch Free State of Jones with McConaughey. Uh, pretty long, but eh, it's worth a watch. Uh, not, I mean, well done movie, just not, you know, not fantastic or anything. It's kind of weird. They intercut it with like these scenes in a modern courtroom. Which at fir- the, the first time it cuts to it, I'm like, did the, you know, did this film like skip? Is this file bad or something? No, it's all part of the movie. Hmm. But it all ties in at the end. Uh, and then also on digital, I watched The Shallows because I love sharks and it's a shark movie. Mm-hmm. And let me say this about that movie: first of all, I've never seen Blake Lively anything, and she's not a bad actress. Like she's she's her performance isn't bad. The acting's not bad in the film. Uh, but let me say this about the The Shallows: uh, Sharknado is more believable. <laughs> and what happens in this movie. And, I, and I can, I, we talked on the show before when we covered the Jaws movies. I love sharks. I'm a Shark Week fan since, I, since they started it. Since the first Shark Week, I've watched Shark Week. I, sharks are my spirit animal. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I love sharks to death. I'm, you know, I'm not a marine biologist. I'm not an ichthyologist. 
but I know shark bullshit when I see it. And at first, this film tries to be very like realistic, which like okay, 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 I'll, I'll accept that. And then it goes full tilt, deep blue sea, <laughs> and it's so stupid. Just it go, it goes, it gets so dumb. I will say this: at least they don't blow up the shark in the end. That's the one thing they did. However, it would have been more believable if they did than what they did in this film. So there you go. It's bad. <laughs> uh, if, if, if you're like me and if you like watching shark movies just you know, for bad CGI sharks, uh, give, it a, give it a watch. It's, it's just bad. It's, uh, like they, they, you can't go realistic and then go as far over the top as they did. Like you can't, it's an uneven film, put it that way, to be, like, I guess, more specific. It mm. starts off like they try to be realistic as to why she gets stuck out there, et cetera, et cetera. But then it goes, you know, they, they jump. I, I think my comment while watching was, okay, they've now jumped the shark. This is stupid. <laughs> and it was funny because my mom was in town uh, helping out with some of the flood stuff because my grandmother got flooded and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. But she's watching. She's like screaming like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm just like, I'm like, she'll <laughs> scream, but I'm like rolling over laughing uh, just how bad it is. And again, a, a lot of people might like this if if you're if you don't like shark if you don't know anything about the science of sharks or the you know you know if you don't like shark week for example and you just you know that doesn't bother you know i guess i'm i'm like i've mentioned before how i hate how neil degrasse tyson watches me like oh the stars are out of order for that time huh, yeah i can't enjoy this movie anymore i am like that with shark movies <laughs> however if i know i'm going in and it's stupid i'll enjoy it like i like deep blue sea because i know what it is this film is just like you can't try to be realistic and then go this far with it it's just dumb it's bad uh had some promise but again it's it's not if you like sharks watch it and like take some shots every time something that could not ha that would not happen a great white shark would not do take a shot you'll be drunk after halfway through the movie and you'll probably pass out before the end but anyway that's my the only way to see it yeah <laughs> but again hey i mean to be honest like it's not badly directed like i mean it's for being one of those movies where it's basically one location like there's there's some decent things about this film but then, however, when I read that the director's like, yeah, I really researched sharks when making this film as to the behavior. I completely lost all credibility for him because that's bullshit. Like, what did he read? Like, the making of Sharknado? Well, he wanted to know what not to do. And then did it. He, he did it repeatedly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, of course, since we've done this, also, uh, you know, September 11th has come and gone. Uh, as I normally do, I watch United 93 again. Uh, if you haven't seen United 93, you need to watch it. It still brings me to tears by the end of the movie. Uh, and I know it just seems... Like, a lot of people I know haven't even seen it because like, a lot of people don't want to watch a movie on about September 11th. Or they saw World Trade Center, which was... you know, when you, at, at Nicolas Cage? At, yeah. yeah. At, that's, what, that's what I was getting at. At first thought, Nicolas Cage in an Oliver Stone-directed film about 9-11? That should be freaking amazing. Mm. No, nah, that movie's terrible. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's probably the worst Oliver Stone film. However, United again. Don't go look. Don't go watch Flight ninety three because I know last time I plugged this movie, some people probably did that. That was the TV movie that came out at the same time this did to try to cash in on that. That is the TV version. It's terrible. Do not watch it. You want to watch United ninety three by the director of the Bourne series, uh, mm. Paul Greengrass. Uh, United ninety three is phenomenal. It is the only movie. I mean, you, I don't think there will ever be a better movie about that day. Hmm. I don't. I, I mean, uh, there there are innumerable stories of heroism of that day, but this one, Greengrass did it with a lot of the people, the real people on the ground, obviously. Uh, 
and it's shot in a documentary feel. So I mean, it's it's hard. It is a heart wrenching movie. And all you little whippersnappers this year who are a freshman in high school being taught about 9-11 for the first time because you weren't alive when it happened, which that fact just blows my mind. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, uh, I, I think, I think I'm pretty sure it was like, because that's 15-year-olds 15 15 going into high school now for the first time around. ever will learn about 9-11 as a historical event. Mm-hmm. Of course, it'll be the one kid, yeah, I was alive. <laughs> yeah, uh, you were like, what? Two months, you know, yeah. you know, like oh, you're big, like like you remember anything, and that just blows my mind. Like, I, like I mean, I'm sure anybody who was alive that day and cognizant can tell you what where they were, remember everything about it and all that stuff. I mean, but now it's like now people are being taught, yeah, this is a historic, this happened, you know, and you weren't even alive. Just that's what time keeps great. moving. I know, but it, it's it, of course it's like your grandparents, like oh, I remember when Pearl Harbor got bombed. Like, sure, Grandma, cool. You know, as a kid, you say that. As an adult, you're like, oh, well, tell me more about it. How was it? You know, I remember my mom's always like, I remember when Kennedy was shot. She remembers the classroom she was in, what exactly what happened, all that stuff. But yeah, if you have not seen this film, uh, and, you know, even if you don't even know you weren't alive for 9-11, like, if you're going to watch a movie about it, watch this one. It is fantastic. Uh, but getting a little, bringing it back to like, you know, some more fun stuff. I mm. also re, re, recently uh, for, what was the last holiday? Was it Labor Day? Was that the last holiday? Correct? Yeah. I always get Labor and Not too far something else mixed up. But uh, uh, over Labor Day, I watched all the Terminators. Mm. Let me phrase that. I all watched, of them? <laughs> I watched four and a half of the Terminators. Uh-huh. Uh, in that exact order. Terminator 1, all of it. Loved it. Still fantastic. Terminator 2, still amazing. Uh, Terminator 3, great story. That's what I'm kind of, like, so I'm like bringing it up just to, like, it's, uh, yeah. when I posted, I said I was posting about it, like, some people like, well, you should have stopped at T2. I completely disagree with that. Like, watch yeah. them back to back. Terminator 3, it's badly directed and acted. Like, they, like, but if you, the story in Terminator 3 is fantastic. It's a good follow-up to 2, in my opinion. Because uh, that's all I'm telling you is my opinion. It's not fact. <laughs> and then, Salvation, I think, is criminally underrated. Salvation is where the series should have gone even after three. I mean, uh, even if you, you know, if you just discounted three. Uh, you got Christian Bale as John Connor in the future, yes. Sam Worthington, yes. Anton Yelchin, yes. Rest in peace. And then, uh, I mean, Salvation is leading up, you know, th- this is where the series is now. That's what we always wanted after Terminator 2 anyway, was the future war. You know, the, that's where the resolution's going to come because... And that's one thing I love about Terminator 3. And the, a big theme in the Terminator series is about changing your fate. But no matter what, you try to change it, but you can't. And that's like the ultimate message in Terminator. You know, Sarah Connor, no fate. And they do all this stuff, but it, Judgment Day has to happen. Right. Like, all you're, all you're doing is prolonging it. Like, this is, you know, it's, it's destined. Uh, and all that, which I like that thing. I think that, that's what's awesome about the series. And then Salvation takes it into the future we should have had two more movies in the future, you know, going on that line, uh, uh, along that with that story, and then had the ultimate rev, uh, resolution to the series, whether humanity wins or loses. Like, you know, it could have gone either way. And, uh, you know, it's easy to be an armchair director, but like Salvation, <laughs> like at the end of it, like I'm watching it, like this could have, John Connor should have died at the end of Salvation. And then what, it, what we come to understand is that it's not so much John Connor living, in the future, it's more so that like that name becomes you know this is John Connor because they're all communicating via radio like back like they do that in 
they in two, three, and four, like in the when they show the future, that it's not like he's like giving an Independence Day type speech in front of like all the remaining resistance. It's like you know they know that John Connor's talking to them. This is John Connor, to where then it becomes like somebody almost like the Dread Pilot Roberts. Somebody yeah. assumes the mantle of John Connor to in, keep the inspiration and humanity going. And then, then that becomes the ultimate message of Terminator. It could become the ultimate message of the series is that we go on. You know, this isn't, in, in, you know, you, you're inspired to keep fighting. I think it would have been phenomenal. But, uh, and then, yeah, I watched half of Genesis and turned it off because I can't stand it. It is so, <laughs> it is, anybody who tries to say that Genesis is like, is not the worst, go watch them again. And then honestly tell me that you don't think Genesis is the worst damn one because it is so bad. What do people say is the worst? I think, uh, I think generally people probably think that three is. If I had to like guess. Uh, ratings say, yeah, three. 6.4, 6.6, and then what does Genesis have? Wow. 6.5. Nah, that shouldn't be that high. That movie's so bad. What, uh, by comparison, though, the bridge has got to be what, eight point something, I'd imagine. Yeah, the other like, ones? pretty yeah, high. I didn't even look them up because... Oh. <laughs> But uh, but but it, it, here here's the problem with the Terminator sequels after 8. two, 5, yeah. is that James Cameron wasn't involved in them. Right. He now he uh he worked with like stuff on the story on three and then now I I I don't I, you know I, I'm one that doesn't like the MTV generation of directors anyway because there's but there are some good ones out there but McGee who did Salvation is considered one of the, I mean he's one of those he did music videos but so did David Fincher a lot of other people did too. Uh, but McGee went and talked to Cameron about like how to handle salvation. And that's the thing. If you watch Terminator 2 and then watch Terminator 3, they don't feel like the same universe because you're going from James Cameron to Jonathan Mostow, who did the great World War II film U571. Well, that's about it. Uh, you know, so, so the tone is totally off. But then when you watch Salvation, and honestly, like it, that, it fits with the future vision of presented to us in Terminator 1 and 2, in my opinion. I think it's vastly underrated. I'm not saying it's a perfect film, or even, you know, it's still well below Terminator 1 and 2. There's no dispute in that. I mean, Terminator 2, up until Mad Max Fury Road, is, was probably the greatest action movie ever made, right. in my opinion. I mean, it's on a scale of beyond anything you can imagine. Uh, but anyway, rap, uh, what I'm getting at is that Terminator series, if you haven't watched them, like, back-to-back, -back, which this was the first time I've ever watched them, like, back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, like, getting the entire narrative, except the Sarah Connor Chronicles on TV, because I'm, I'm not going to fit a TV show in a long holiday weekend. For sure. Uh, I actually have other things to do with my life, like play Deus Ex uh, and stuff like that. But, uh, I'm, you know, a lot of our friends that listen, uh, Jonathan... Uh, you know, James and uh, Ben, you know, if y'all haven't seen him in a while, if you know, if y'all end up like binging him, let me know what, if, what y'all think. Uh, cause I, it's, it, it's definitely a series. I think that it did go off the rails a couple times, but in hindsight, the, the last half, not counting Genesis, the last half of the series is, it's not as bad as people just want to hate on it because it's a follow. Of course you're following up Terminator too. You, know, you already know you're not going to meet that bar, you know, the Mad Max sequels are making. Hell yeah, I'm excited, but you know what? I'm I'm going in checked. <laughs> you know, George Miller can do it. I mean, he's that talented. I I truly believe that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I thought you know, he canceled those. Well, came back. I think we talked about this on the podcast. They were canceled, then they came back, and then who knows? Because hmm. uh, he said like, oh, I didn't mean I wasn't going to do them ever, but I was going to do them soon or hmm. later, or there was something like that. Wait, he's a producer on Justice League. Apparently, yeah. Wow. I, uh, I wish he'd direct it. 
thanks, Zack Snyder. But anyway, another topic for another day. Uh, yep. Anyway, uh, the last film that I did watch on digital as well was uh, Nicholas Winding referenced The Neon Demon. Uh, I don't want to ruin anything about it, so... I- my review is you should watch it and then have a discussion about it with the people you watch it with. Uh, but it's worth watching. It's a beautiful film. Uh, Dakota, not Dakota, the sister, Ellie. Elle. Elle Fanning. Gorgeous, great actress in this. But uh, yeah, uh, watch it. Just If you're interested in seeing it, watch it. Uh, don't watch it with any sort of children. Or, I mean, it's rated R, of course. Some people don't care what their children watch. This is not one. Uh, if your kids are in the room, they should be privy to and you'll see that when you watch it so go watch mm. it let me know it's visit at gmail.com we'll talk about it we'll shoot the shit all about it but uh got a couple of emails from a couple of our friends here go through those real That's quick it's been a while yeah oh, wait let me get my papers straight here <clears throat> first of all jason adams uh sent us an email uh back on august 25th because it's been a long time since we recorded yeah but he says greetings 80s revisitors that's a new one. I like that. I listened to you guys for years, but finally decided to write in. Thanks. Appreciate it. I just listened to your Buckaroo Banzai episode, and it's a movie that I love. It is by no means great, but it was a ton of fun. I agree. Uh, you may mention the episode about a, the toy line mask and how you wish they'd bring it back. Well, you'd better buy a hat and prepare to hold it. I did, and I'm also prepared to eat it. Uh, Hasbro is starting a comic book where they are combining Mask, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and a few other series into one comic book world. I believe their plan is to start a new toy line and possible movie. Sounds like a decent plan, but I guess we'll need to see how it's executed. So I'm going to pause the email there to talk about that. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's IDW doing that, and it's called Revolution. However, until your email, I didn't realize Mask was involved in it. So now I'm like mm. even more pumped. But it is like they're doing like a Marvel shared universe type thing in the comics with Transformers, G.I. Joe, Mask, uh, Action Man. Uh, basically old toy lines, which is awesome. Uh, I think actually the first issue doesn't come out this week because new comics came out yesterday and I didn't see it. So it's coming out very soon. So, uh, yeah, Jason, like, I'm pumped about that and I will be talking about that once I actually get a few issues and read it. November. Um, oh, there we go. Oh, wait, okay, Mass launches as an yeah, ongoing yeah. series. Awesome. Okay, sweet. Because, see, Dis- uh, not Disney, DC's doing stuff right now, which you, we talked about on the podcast because you showed me that, Jesse. Uh, they rebooted all the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which... Uh, the uh, strangely enough, the Wacky Raceland one's the best one. Mm. The Scooby Apocalypse one. Uh, after three issues, I stopped reading it. It's just <laughs> it's too silly. Uh, the Flintstones ones. I didn't even read the first one because I don't. I never liked the Flintstones. And then they had like the one with Johnny Quest and Birdman, which is pretty cool. It reminds me of the show. It has a very fifties vibe to it. But the Wacky Raceland is like adult rated versions of those characters, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's like if that took place in the Fallout Four universe. Oh wow! So it's it's real. It's a great book. Uh, but also, John, uh, Jason goes on. Uh, Jason, that's like Jason Adams at first. Or I say John Adams originally. I think he's a Jason. Okay, just making sure because yeah. I've, I've caught myself twice <laughs> just now. I didn't want him to like say it and like, God, you call me John. God, my whole life is based on that damn second president. Everybody calls me John Adams. So good no. to know that I kept it straight. Okay. If I didn't, for some reason, sorry, Jason. But anyway, uh, Emo goes on. I was wondering if you guys have any plans to review Stranger Things. We did talk about it. Uh, Before you say no, you must consider it. We did. Uh, Although it was not filmed in the 80s, it takes place in the 80s. 83, to be exact, if I remember correctly. Because every time I saw a movie poster, I kept fact-checking it. Although College Humor did release a video uh, saying, wait, if this took place in 83... What about this thing you're using? You know, they oh they went to, like the tech, I went the movie poster route because they had like the thing in the background and oh, like, Dragon yeah. Slayer. Well, they make references to like uh like the miniatures they use. Oh, the D and D. They didn't come out to 1984 stuff like that. <laughs> that's that's too much. I know, I know. 
But, but hey, you know, yeah, it's if humor. James Cameron made it, he'd go back and fix that in Stranger Things right. Season 1 Special Edition. Uh, he would love to hear what we got to say. More on that in just a second. Uh, keep up the great work and try to get on him on a little more. She sounds hot. That's my wife, sir. And you're right. She is hot. Uh, thank and you, Jason. And she will never Adams. come back. Yeah, she's got like, she just likes her phone and her couch. No kidding. Nothing wrong with that. I do too, but there better be an 80s movie on. Yeah. Or, uh, or a video game in the console. But anyway, uh, yeah, Stranger Things. I, I'm, I know we talked about it, Jesse. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure uh, in depth. You know, we won't do like a review thing about it. But uh, it, you know, uh, I can't remember what we said because again, it's been so long since me, even me and you have talked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Stranger Things was phenomenal. They've already confirmed the second season is going to mm-hmm. take place after the first one. Yep. So it, it's not going to be like an American Horror Story anthology type thing or True Detective. It's going to be the same kids, which is awesome. Uh, and it's funny, uh, Autumn watches Chelsea on Netflix, yeah. which now I, you know, Autumn watches Chelsea, so now I watch Chelsea, <laughs> uh, which I don't mind because she's hilarious. I watch it too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she had the kids on there from Stranger Things, and it was funny how she's like, she's like, hey, are y'all going to be back for season two, right? And uh, the little girl that plays Eleven's yeah. on her, she's like, well, I don't know. Because, you know, if you watch yeah. Stranger Things, you know what happens. Right. Spoiler alert. Uh, but you should have seen it by now because we plugged it way back when it was on and you know you've plenty of time to binge it's only, the world has plugged it <laughs> yeah pretty much and see uh, it's one of those things like I'm almost mad that it's so popular because it's so good right and and let me I say that because like I know there are people watching it that love it that don't love it for the right reasons if that makes mm. any sense like oh yeah watch it it's cool okay well do you understand like if you watch Stranger Things and you don't get it and like I didn't understand the ending it's all there yeah, I mean, go watch. If you didn't get it, rewatch it the last five minutes, and then let me know if you still don't get it. I'll explain it to you. What don't people get? That's what. That's exactly. That's my <laughs> point. It's like because I like uh, you know I, the different pages you like on Facebook, like IGN, like confused about Stranger Things. We're going to talk about it today because I'm Jessica Trobot and I'm hot, and you should listen to what I have to say. Uh, nah, bro, it's all there. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. People like watching it and don't get it. Like what's happening like you know it, it's, I guess it's, that's what's hard for me to figure out I was like what don't see that and that's what me and Autumn were talking about like what did people not get about this because like I called yeah. my friend me and my friend Jason have like he's my best fr- like he's my best friend in the sense like he's like the only friend that I can have a political philosophical religious debate about like character archetypes in Star Wars or stuff like that like yeah. like me and him have like three hour phone conversations have had three hour phone conversations over stuff like that mm. like you know I don't Thankfully, I don't have more friends that do that because I couldn't handle <laughs> deep thinking all the time. I'm not saying that as a disrespect to him or anybody else, but he's like my like he'll call it, dude. He'll be like, I'll, he'll, I'll, he'll call him, I'll pick it up, and he'll be like, dude, did you see blah blah blah? I'm like, and mentally I'm like, okay, should I tell him I saw it just yet? Do I have time to like get into it, or should I should I wait till like I'm at home and I can use my headset and we can talk in a more relaxed, open right. environment? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And like Stranger Things, like we had nothing to talk about because we got it. You know, like yeah. we were just like, God, it was so well done, blah, blah. And like our conversation was like 10 minutes on it. Yeah. But uh, the bottom line is, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, you should watch it. Uh, the soundtrack, volume one and two, is out on uh, iTunes already. In fact, I'll, I'll always remember the flood, the day the flood happened, because, not the exact date, but I'll remember, I can always easily reference it because that was the day volume two of the soundtrack came out. No, no, I'm oh, volume one. It was the 12th. Yeah, I think it was, vol- it was volume one. That was the date volume August. one came out because I was in bed, woke up. I left my lock or you know, my, app, my app store up, music store up. So like, all, literally all I'll do is pick up my phone when I woke up, you know, refresh it for it to pop up and buy it. And, I lit- and that's literally what I did that morning. 
as it was downloading, I go to Facebook and people are trapped in their attics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So while I was coordinating boats to help people on face, like try to get help to people, I was listening to the Stranger Things Volume One soundtrack. <laughs> so I'll always remember that. Oh man. But uh, the soundtracks on Netflix, uh, the shows on Netflix, the soundtracks on iTunes, it is a phenomenal show, and the soundtrack is amazing. Great if you like that the John Carpenter albums I plugged before his and like his atmospheric stuff. You like stuff like by Explosions in the Sky, or uh, other or you know ethereal music, so to speak. Brian Eno stuff, but a little more modern. Uh, Cliff Martinez, who did the soundtrack for The Fountain, and like uh, I think he did The Neon Demon as well, that is, which also has a great soundtrack, more of that industrial vibe to it. It's just fantastic music all around, everything I mentioned. Uh, but if, Stranger Things is awesome. So glad to have a second season. Uh, it's, like, it's, I watched it, we watched it, we binged it. Like, the day it came out, watched the first episode, and then like, okay, we gotta watch another. Like, you're st- Autumn didn't even go to bed. It was her bedtime. She's like, she's like oh, we got to watch another one. I'm like, okay, yes, 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 yes. Good, because <laughs> I might have to watch this without you. And just binged it. Loved it to death. Can't be more excited about season two. But they, they captured something very special in that show. And I just hope it keeps it up. Because just the chemistry of the kids, uh, the, the directing, the storytelling, everything came together so well. But it felt like I was... It, would, it felt like something that would have been like a TV miniseries in the 80s. Yeah. To where like it wasn't out of time. It is a piece of time that's almost immortal because it it ex- it, it creates that uh, the chronospheric atmosphere, whatever word I'm trying to think of. Uh, it's in its time. Yeah, yeah it, it, it exists in its time, and it's not like you know, it's not like somebody pulls out an iPhone like blah 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 blah. You know, like it's everything makes sense, and like a lot of and that's the thing. Another thing, a lot of people that watch it didn't grow up in the '80s and have no cl- like they don't know that that's what people did. Yeah, you know these these kids learn about nine eleven as a historical event. What's that thing with the cord on it? It's like what is that? What is that thing on the wall with the spring? What is that? Because she talked about how she has to go get a phone like a couple times. Yeah, you know, and it's like, what is that? Yeah, what is that? You know, like, and it's just like, you know, I'm, I'm not if you don't, and also if you, I'm not saying if you didn't get the end of it, you don't, you're bad or you don't understand anything. I'm just I'm I'm speaking in generalities to people that didn't get the gist of the show right. or understand like, you know, there's people that like oh you know. The Fairweather fans, I think a lot of that's like an, you know uh, something that people call people you know like oh yeah David Bowie died love David Bowie I always love David Bowie yeah oh, he's yeah, cool yeah, yeah. Uh, Labyrinth great movie <laughs> yeah that album that just came out yeah great awesome yeah really what's it called you know and like Gene Wilder died yeah Willy Wonka man which I can't fault too much because everybody has seen Willy Wonka in the yeah, Chocolate yeah. Factory but. You know he was also in Blazing Saddles, right? Yeah. He worked with Mel Brooks a lot. He, you know, we also him and Richard Pryor's comedies are among the best of the '80s. Yeah. Uh, you know, which I hate to say, we haven't even done any on the podcast yet. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to cash in on G. Wilder dying and do one now because <laughs> we don't do that here. We do what we feel like. Right. You know, but uh, you know, like uh, speaking of Gene Wilder, I mean, that was that. What we weren't surprised, or I say we, but me and Autumn, yeah, because yeah. this year has been terrible for celebrity deaths. Like, you know, Bowie and uh, Prince and all, all, you know, China, everybody, you know, a lot of like... Everything. A lot of people in... Our, for everything. A lot of our heroes. Right. As A lot of our 80s icons who we grew up in our younger years, like, you know, these were the people we love to see and watch and listen to. They're at that age where they're, it's, it's that time, mm-hmm. you know. But it was funny because I think the, the sad thing, saddest thing about Gene Wilder is that it, he wasn't like... Uh, David Bowie, who just put out an album, still in the public consciousness. A lot of, like, you know, because, 
so it was, it was a shock. Like, oh, you haven't heard about him, heard anything from him in a long time. And then you just, boom, you hear that he died. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more, I guess, heart-wrenching because you didn't hear anything. But when, uh, was it Prince or who was the last celebrity to die? Like the big one. It might have been Prince. Been so many. But the last time a celebrity died before Gene Wilder, me and like me and we don't we kind of have like a a bet, not a bet, but we're like, who do you think is going to be next? We didn't say Gene. No, Alan. It was when Alan Rickman died. Yeah. When we this is when we had that conversation. We were talking about Harry Potter and like just old, older like older movies that Alan Rickman was in, and we talked about Tim Curry because like when when they announced Tim Curry was going to be like in the new Rocky Horror as like the uh, narrator. And like they put his picture up everywhere. Like my heart skipped a beat at first because uh, I, I was like, "Oh God, no! I cannot <laughs> handle this right now." Tim Curry cannot be dead because uh, that's all, that's always a big work. Because he had a stroke not too long ago. Get well, Tim. Anytime you want to come on the podcast, you're more than welcome. Uh, well. <laughs> what is it? It's just funny. There's a deaths in 2016 Wikipedia page, and two people have already died today. today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're like recording, the- and all of a sudden. <laughs> boop. <laughs> Imagine we're recording all of a sudden Tim Curry's name pops up. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Then I would know I'm on a TV show. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, anyway, but like we've we've like actively talked before, like, you know, guys old, like you know, Gene Wilder, Gene Hackman, Sean Connery. You know, you know, it's it's those are the ones that are coming. And we've like this year, like we we had conversations about like guy, like you know, who's gonna be next? Like Gene Wilder came up in that conversation. Uh you know, and there's actually websites where you can bet on the next person that dies, and they mm. have like odds. Uh, I've heard that plugged on other podcasts or somewhere before. But anyway, it was tragic nonetheless. But if you want to honor Gene Wilder, sh- let your kids watch Willy Wonka, but then you go watch Blazing Saddles, go watch Silver Street, go watch Hear No Young Evil, See No Evil. Yeah, October's about to come up. More on that in just a second. Uh, but Young Frankenstein. Because uh, he actually had a hand in writing that one. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they were on the set of Blazing Saddles, and he was just scribbling this idea down and mel brooks came up behind him and saw the title young frankenstein he says "Ooh, what is that uh, frankenstein frankenstein uh young frankenstein. if you've seen the movie you know the joke uh in fact anytime somebody get, does the walk this way joke they're referencing young frankenstein all right for all the young kids and like what is <laughs> what is that what does that mean why is he doing that that's that's a young they're ripping off young frankenstein when they do it but anyway uh very sad so uh Regardless, because I mean, Willie, that, and of course now, actually, Gene Wilder wasn't out of the public's mind because his That's fucking true. meme is everywhere. He's more popular now than, uh, he's as popular now as he probably was when that movie came out, aside from dying, unfortunately, because of the Willy Wonka meme. Oh, yeah. You like, you know, you like David Bowie? It, I mean, it, 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 that's, that's the funny thing. Like, his meme was used, like, for exactly what I was saying. Like, oh, yeah, you like David Bowie? Tell me more about how you like his music before he died. Yeah. You know, like that, that kind of stuff. <laughs> So it's it's weird how this world wraps in on each other. I've seen the meme where they, you know, oh, you see Willy Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know he worked with uh, or did the screenplay for Here No Evil, See No Evil. That's awesome. But he was uh, he was also very philanthropic with a lot of his stuff because uh, of well, course sick. there were eight oh, writers wow. on that. So. I wonder if maybe it was a lot because I know him and Pryor did a lot of improvising. I wonder if like one uh, of those situations where like so much improvising. We got to give you a credit because this is mostly you. <laughs> Union rules and all that stuff. Wow. But yeah, uh, I would personally recommend Silver Streak and Hear No Evil, See No Evil with him and Pryor. Those movies are so great. Really just and genuinely funny. And you know, you watch uh, 21 Jump Street with Tatum and Tatum, uh, Channing Tatum, Tatum and uh, Jonah Hill. And it's like, mm. they're just bros. You know, like they don't have like chemistry. 
watch Pryor and Wilder. Like that's a comic duo with you know timing, playing off each other, everything like that. It works so good, and you you could, you could see that even today in their work together. And like I said, I think they had I want to say three films together: Silver Streak, Henry Was Seen No Evil, and I think Stir Crazy. Maybe there's another one out there, but I don't remember. But a mm. uh, great comic duo. And now you know now they're making you know jokes in heaven. Mm. Uh, but anyway, we do have another email from our good friend, the Ta- Ben, the Tasmanian Devil Wyatt. Uh, he says, hey guys, there's a bunch of movie scenes that traumatized me as a kid. Uh, this was in reference to our last episode. Oh, uh, yes. They might not all fit the PG and the 80s criteria, but here they are anyway. Uh, the, he chose poorly. From Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, I was too scared to watch this bit for a way too long. Uh, funny you mentioned that my, my little brother was like that, like when we got the, the VHS. He would always like, eh, like just cover his face until he heard the, the screaming stop when uh, Elsa's screaming. He knew yeah. it was over then. Uh, the Spider Gremlin from Gremlins 2. Uh, that never bothered me, but I, I guess it was, I think honestly, Gremlins 2 is so different from the first Such one. Such a comedy. Yeah, it's like, it was, you know, you have the drag queen Gremlin, you got the spider one. It was another one too, the bat one. You know, so it was just, to me, it was, it, it, it was never scary, but I can definitely see that. Uh, the ball. I thought this made me laugh because it's so funny. The ball of critters leaving the skinless body. Whatever this, well, from Critters Two, uh, he says whichever critters from that one. It was Part Two, my friend. Uh, I was terrified that critters could be under my bed, <laughs> which is. All, I mean, I'm not laughing at a child being terrified of that, but that scene where they run over with the ball of critters is rolling down the hill, and that dude falls, and the shot of the yeah. ball rolling over, and it's just a bloody skeleton. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Uh, but it, it, you know, I kind again, I can see like that being scary. Uh, the ghost train scene in Ghostbusters 2, uh, as I mentioned on the last episode, Ghostbusters, the first one was the one that scared me. Uh, the beginning of Labyrinth, strange that you mentioned that. I just saw that in theaters last night for the 30th anniversary. It was great watching it with an audience. Uh, the beginning of Labyrinth before Toby is taken. This also scared my daughters a couple of years ago, but now it doesn't bother them. Uh, I guess you, I assume by the beginning where like the goblins are like poking out and it's kind of like the lightning's flashing and Jairus flapping at the window, that kind of scene. Uh I didn't. I don't think I mentioned this last episode, but watching it this watching it last night actually uh, reminded me that the uh, the fire gang scared me as a kid when they were pulling the heads off. I think I might have mentioned that on our episode where we did labyrinth, but that did scare me as a kid. Like just where those creepy fire gang where they're like staring at the camera and y'all can't see this, but Jesse kind of making wide eyes and shaking my head mm. like I'm like Hillary Clinton out of speech. Uh, <laughs> that dates the time frame of this podcast as well. Uh, Robocop when the dude got covered in acid I was way too young to watch this amen cause that was pre- uh, the, the thing is though I didn't see the when I saw it I saw the TV version which is still pretty graphic where he you know help me and then he gets hit by the car and explodes on the windshield even on TV they showed that part but then when I saw the already like the actual movie version you know later that still was like Jesus Christ <laughs> Uh, still like absolutely brutal how he's melting and his bones from his hands are coming out of his fingertips. He's great makeup. Yeah, uh, <laughs> still gross. Uh, but definitely uh, when Elliot first finds E.T. in the shed, gotcha. Uh, and speaking of Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka's boat ride. Oh. Uh, a lot of people uh, reference that too. Uh, and also my cousin had a poster of Freddy Krueger that he loves scaring me with. <laughs> I just get this vision of his, his uh, cousin like holding it up and like cutting out the eyes and the mouth and like, hey, Ben. Come over here. I don't know. Let me know exactly how he's scaring you with it, Ben, so I don't have a false impression in my head. But it, nevertheless, I can understand that. Uh, but also, he mentioned she's glad uh, uh, Guns N' Roses were awesome. Thank you very much. And me and him have talked on Facebook Messenger since then. But he's got tickets for when they come to Australia in February, and that's all for now. Hell yeah, you're going to have a hell of a time. 
like I mentioned when I was talking about their show last week or last episode, I got to remember to say one of the best concerts I've ever been to, if not the best. Yeah. Not that I'm a, some sort of authority on concerts. I go to hundreds each year or, you know, but like I talked about then, like it was a show and I had such a good fucking time. Just a blast. It was two and a half hours of pure and three hours counting the Colts performance. Although I hate to say half of that performance, I was waiting in line to get a shirt <laughs> that after I wash it, the body of it shrunk, but the sleeve stayed long. So it looks ridiculous on me. So I really, I can't wear this $40 shirt. Cause I, I don't, we got a concert, you know, I don't, it's hanging it, on the wall. You know, it's like, I just want a shirt. Like that's, that's my souvenir to say that I was there. Yeah. You know, I don't mind paying $50 for a shirt at a concert. If it's a band, like obviously Guns N' Roses is one of those. You too would be one of those. You know, a band that, like I want to see, like it's sort of like your badge for going. It's not like you know back in the day, if you showed up the next day of sc- at school with a concert shirt on from Nirvana, whoever who was playing in Baton Rouge the other night, which they did come to Baton Rouge back in the day. It was too, it was like too young to go. Never yeah. did see him. But anyway, you know that was like like oh everybody at school like whoa you were there too. Was it any good? Oh yeah, it was great. It was cool. It was awesome. You know. So, but nowadays it's oh, like, oh, I, hey, I saw your photos on Facebook. You know, it's all like, yeah, or sticker or whatever these days. But anyway, in closing, uh, it's good to be back talking with you, Jesse, about a movie that you've never seen, but I did. <laughs> but uh, we'll rectify. Of course, that's not the case all the time. Yeah. But nevertheless, it's good to talk to all you friend, uh, all you friendly ears out there. And uh, of course, uh, thanks for the emails, Jason and. Uh, ben and also John Martinez, our friend in Riverside, he 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 uh, was looking forward to this for Transformers the movie. So you're welcome, John. Uh, I'll be headed out to L.A. end of early December to visit my brother and parents. I don't know if we'll be going to Riverside, but if we happen to be in the area, I will send you a message and let you know, bro. Uh, but anyway, uh, to make up for you know acts of God beyond our control, like flooding. We're going to start our Halloween Horror Month early by doing it next episode, one week early, getting another, th- fitting another film in there to make five films this uh, year. I think we had five last year because of the way the Thursdays fell in October. Oh, Some yeah. or other. We had a lot last year with the Stephen King Munch. With, I think those were some of the best episodes we did because it was just fun to read the book and then talk about the movies. And mm. I, felt, I felt they were very informative. Right. I, felt like, <laughs> I felt good talking about them because I had read the book immediately before watching the movie. Yeah. So I felt authoritative enough to give accurate descriptions and opinions. But uh, yeah, so but this there's no real big theme this year uh, in terms of, like tying the movies together, except for the fact we've done in the past we've done like we did the th- for the third Halloween horror month or Halloween horror uh, year we did like Halloween three Friday Thirteenth Part three Nightmare on Elm Street three so we've we've covered like the main horror franchise the big the big three. Right uh, for the '80s, even though Halloween technically wasn't really huge, huge in the '80s, still right at the very end. Uh, we covered the big ones, the big slashers, the big three characters. But there are other ones out there that are in that same ballpark uh, that are still making sequels. Some of them, mainly direct to video. But we're gonna uh, we're gonna start next week with Creep Show, uh, kind of tied in a little hint of Stephen King and some George Romero directing. Uh, tied in from last year's, but then also we're going to go over, uh, we're going to bring Chucky into the mix, going to talk about Child's Play. We're going to move on to uh, Clive Barker and uh, bring Pinhead in on it with the first Hellraiser. And not to be left out, the floating balls and the tall man from Phantasm 2. Can't do one because it wasn't in the 80s, but 2 is the one that scared the shit out of me. The first one didn't, mm. but uh, that one, and then we'll wrap it up with some good old-fashioned John Carpenter with one of his, uh, I think the second film in his Apocalypse trilogy. Actually, it would be the first. No, it would be the second uh, timeline-wise in his Apocalypse trilogy. Of course, you know what I'm talking about. We'll talk more about that 
in our last episode of the Halloween Horror Hootenanny of Terror Month 2016. So next week, get ready uh, for a little primer before we get into the good the good stuff. What's all good? Because we're doing it. Yeah. We like to think. Let us know otherwise. Eddie's visit at gmail.com. <laughs> also, at Awesome Pods on Twitter, at Awesome Pods on Facebook, AwesomePods.com, all that fun stuff. And as always, a big shout out to our friends John and James with Now Versus Nostalgia and Ben Wyatt in Tasmania, uh, down under, keeping it, keeping it real. So we appreciate you guys talking to us. We appreciate to- you letting us talk to you. And we will see you next week for Creep Show. I, I, I was trying to think of some way to like tie it in. I was going to like do a Crypt Keeper laugh, but that's not the Crypt Keeper. It's the Creeper. So it's. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't yeah, make yeah. sense. We'll, we'll worry about that next week. So next week, talk about Creep Show. We'll see you stuff. then. <laughs> Cowabunga. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, oh, oh, did you stop it? No, I didn't. Okay, good. Until next time, I'm Trey Harris. Yes, he said it. Cowabunga. There we go. We did it right. On Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.